Let's talk some more of the uh, short term and the way markets are volatile. VIX still above 30. Adam Johnson's back with us, Portfolio Manager at Advisor Investments. Uh, Adam, okay, we need a dose of some optimism and uh, bullishness, which I know you're good for. Yeah, oh, I'm good for that. In fact, I'll I'll kill, tell you right off the bat, Oliver, that uh, three of my favorite risk proxies are all up today. Uh, the solar ETF, uh, the ticker for that is TAN, T-A-N. Yeah. Uh, the IPO uh, index, IPO is obviously the ticker there. Uh, that is up. And then the biotechs, uh, that ETF is XBI. Um, you know, as you know, uh, Oliver, my thing's American ingenuity, right? The people and companies driving the world forward. So I like to look at growth proxies uh, like the IPO index, like the solar ETF, um, like the um, uh, biotech ETF, just because uh, so many of my names are tech, biotech, medtech, et cetera. And to see those uh, indices up today, uh, it's it's a wonderful feeling, uh, Oliver. <laughs> let's face it, we all need uh, uh, some wonderful feelings. Those have been few and far between recently. I've been kind of wondering when the green energy uh, narrative was gonna kick in with oil prices going above 100 bucks. Uh, I'm guessing yeah. that doesn't hurt solar panel makers. Oh, it certainly doesn't. If anything, it yeah highlights um, why you want to have alternative sources of energy. And curiously, a lot of the um, uh, electric vehicle uh, stocks have been uh, starting to firm over the past few days as well. Now, I'm a long-term investor, you know, so if, if something firms over a day or two, I try not to read too much into it. But I think um, what you are seeing today with the clean energy and uh, in a broader sense with the electric vehicles is just that realization that, um, again, we do need to diversify. Uh, we are diversifying. Um, uh, electric vehicles this year are probably an account to 2 to 3% of sales versus about 1% to 2% last year. It takes time to switch the whole fleet, but we're getting there, and I think people are starting to realize the importance of that. What's the best way to get exposure to it? Uh, is the uh, Tesla trade that's been trending uh, down or off the highs uh, over for the moment, uh, Adam? Do you have to get more creative or just buy a broad basket? What's the best way to do it? Well, I think for most investors, ETFs make a, a whole lot of sense. You know, I'm an active manager. I run a portfolio of um, uh, three and a half dozen stocks. Uh, so I'm actually rolling my sleeves um, up. I'm doing the work that most uh, in individual investors don't have time to do. So, um, you know, there's some names that I like, but I, I try not to get into uh, too much detail on those names, which is why I say for the uh, for most investors going with with an ETF uh, probably um, is the easiest, safest, the most diversified way to do it. You got to respect that. Uh, Adam, thinking about uh, the smaller, higher growth companies that have been punished now for a year straight uh, versus the big caps that have only really come under pressure. Uh, in these last uh, in these last three months or so, uh, do you think that uh, continues, or do you think uh, leadership changes um, back towards some of the super high growth plays that people wanted the last couple of years, or uh, is this going to be the the tech stalwarts uh, that have been trying to hold on but still under pressure too? Uh, where do the sure. mega caps fit into your strategy? Uh, well, okay, first of all, being a growth investor, uh, you're probably uh, going to expect me to tell you that I think growth is going to turn around. But Ali, I really do. <laughs> I'll tell you why. Uh, <laughs> growth has been, uh, I mean, growth has been hated, right, uh, for uh, about a year now. Really, it was um, arguably over a year. It was kind of February, March of last year. Yep, that's all correct. Of a sudden, yeah, growth started started hitting those headwinds. If historically you go back, Oliver, and you do a ratio of say growth stocks to value stocks, what you'll find is periodically there are periods when value outperforms, and that's what 
we've seen over the past year. But you know what? Um, it doesn't generally last very long. And that is because we are a growing economy. We have population growth. We have inflation, admittedly a little too much uh, right now. Um, but that argues for um, growth stocks to ultimately need lead. You don't want to see value stocks lead. That's the sign of uh, a weak or stagnant economy. Mm. And again, given the strength of our economy, where last quarter, um, all of our GDP was 7%, you know, you would expect uh, growth stocks to start to reassert themselves. And you can only keep um, growth stocks down for so long. And by the way, so many have been hit so hard from PayPal to Square to Twitter to Salesforce.com to on. I mean, even Starbucks uh, has gotten hit. Uh, Disney's gotten hit. So many stocks, Oliver. Mm -hmm. um, Wonderful growth companies that are growing 25, 30, 40 percent on the top line are down 40, 50, 60 percent. Again, you take that many stocks down that far and people like me uh, start to go out and uh, reallocate capital and, and, and buy on these lows. Adam, what odds do you place on the possibility that stocks um, are in a bigger state of uh, unwind from a very expensive market last year, most expensive since dot-com on every valuation metric? Uh, Post-dot-com, there were great companies that changed the world that dropped 80%, 70%, 30-40 was only halfway there. Is it possible or what probability do you assign to that possibility at this juncture? I think there's a very high probability that we actually start to uh, bounce from here. And I'll, I'll share with you a couple of reasons why I can actually say that with confidence, Oliver. Um, if you look at the 3,000 stocks in the NASDAQ composite, more than half of them have fallen more than 50% <laughs> from their all-time highs. Now, you can say, yeah, but they went up too high. They should never have gone there. Okay, fine. But even in March of 2020, Oliver, only about 10% of the stocks in the composite had actually fallen more than 50%. And right now I'm saying it's more than half, more than 50%. That's incredible. It is. Also, by the way, if you look at the ratio of the valuation of small caps relative to large caps, Oliver, that's the cheapest in 20 years. And then you've got to think about sentiment, where uh, based upon the uh, University of Michigan consumer sentiment data, it's the weakest in 10 years. I mean, we are really down on ourselves, down on life, down on the markets. And you know what, when you, when, when, when you have that much negative sentiment and that much negative price action, ironically, or maybe appropriately, you tend to form bottoms because you can only take so many stocks down so far. You can only get people so negative uh, before eventually things start to turn. Think of it as a rubber band, right? You can only stretch a rubber band so far. And that's why I can say with confidence, Oliver, that I really do think there's a much higher probability that we go up from here rather than down from here. And I'm not talking next week. I'm yeah. talking over the several months. Okay. All right. There it is. A positive note for us right when we need it. Uh, we'll see if they listen to it over the next 40 minutes. Uh, Adam, appreciate the thoughts as always. And thanks for coming back. No, oh, thanks for having me, Oliver. You got it. Adam Johnson.